It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is a fight for an idea. And in the forefront stands a fundamental principle. Women do not exist for men's pleasure. Women exist for their own pleasure. First and far above all else stands the idea that shame itself is slavery. This idea is a form of organization of which a woman is bound to a world not created by oneself, but by a society that is afraid of the meaning and the purpose of what it means to be a woman in full power of her own sexuality. Through this form to assure a life unbounded by the beliefs generations have needlessly thrust upon them. And from this, there arises a new mode of thought, and thus necessarily, a new revolution must rise up. We say a new mode of thought. Today, the official sexual outlook for women is rooted in the view that women must be maintained in a world of shame for loving sex or even expressing what they desire because sex is for men's pleasure, which in itself is the essential thing. We, on the other hand, maintain that women's sexual desire has a definite purpose to be fulfilled and the failure to fulfill its purpose stands condemned. Above everything stands the purpose to maintain the right to have the sexual experience and fantasies each and every woman desires in the form for which they choose. That is the essential thing, and one should not speak of traditional roles one must adhere to for the protection of an ideology that is oppressive and destructive to women. In the place of this rigid, formal, tyrannical doctrine, women and only women must be the living organism that destroys this once and for all. Then, and only then, will all the actions for women be given a new, untrammeled freedom. 
all the formal fetters which today can be imposed on women become immoral directly as they fail to maintain legitimacy because they do not live up to the highest purpose in life and the aim of all reasonable thought and action. do not speak of the word victory, as today that word must be saved for a later date. Today in its place, the word which suits us better is the word fight. Fight to love being a woman. Fight for the sex you want. Fight to love your body. Fuck the media for making you not feel good enough. Fight, fight, fight. The shameless sexual revolution begins now. Hello and welcome to the Shameless Sexual Revolution. Today is a special dating episode. We have an amazing guest here, Dwayna Welch. She's been on several of my podcasts for Make More Love, Not War, and she's also been on a few of our Shameless Sexual Revolution. So I'm super excited to have her here. She is the author of the Love Factually series, 10 Proven Steps from I Wish to I Do. She is an expert on dating. And I'm so excited to have you, Duena. Please tell us about yourself. Oh, thanks, Tara. I always enjoy being on your shows so much. And uh, I guess what I want everybody to know is that there are a lot of opinions about dating, but there's also a lot of science. So we do not have to hang our hats on opinion when we have what we know works. And that's everything I do, all my speaking, all my podcasting, all my writing, all my work with clients all over the world. It's all based on best practice science and not just on my opinion. And I've recently used it for myself. And I just got engaged a little over two weeks ago. Congratulations. So we know that what she writes works. Show us the ring. It totally does. Beautiful. Thank you. Love it. Simple and elegant, just like you. Okay, Duana, I want to know how long it took you dating before you got engaged, you found the one. From the day that I put my profile out into the world until I met the man I'm marrying was seven days. Really? No, no, no. So how long were you single and looking? A couple. Well, I, he's the first person that I looked for. Whoa. Okay. I was, I was, um. She's a bishop. When you okay. have science backing you, I mean, you know what to do. Well, it really is not the crapshoot people make it out to be. I mean, here's the thing I couldn't control. I couldn't control if Carrie was going to show up in seven days, but I could control things like being emotionally prepared to date, having a kick-ass profile, doing the research on exactly where my profile should appear. It's not a one size fit all kind of thing. Um, Understanding my attachment style and the attachment style I needed in a partner, knowing how to recognize those, the attachment style that I needed, um, knowing how to get real letters in my inbox um, on the dating site as opposed to, hey, how's it going? Knowing how to move the conversation from uh, the, you know, kind of meaningless to meaningful to a phone call, not a text 
knowing who not to keep dating, knowing who to keep dating. I met Carrie after seven days, but um, I wasn't only seeing him. And I had been single for a couple of years and I hadn't dated anybody during those couple of years because I wasn't ready. And then when I was ready, I reread everything I had ever written because I spent years and years amassing this information to help other people. It never occurred to me I was going to be using it. I had been happily married to somebody who started drinking heavily and wouldn't stop. So um, I didn't think I was going to use it for myself, but I did. And, uh, and it works. And it, you know, the beauty of science is that it, it works no matter who you are, as long as you're a good person. I mean, you know, if you're going to be unkind and disrespectful to people, then nothing's going to work for you long term. But if you are willing to embrace kindness and respectfulness as a way of being and do the things that are in my books, this works for people. I just got somebody uh, happily married who's 70 years old, a woman. She'd never been happily married before. And, you know, I've worked with teenagers. I've worked with, obviously, people throughout the whole lifespan. And I work with people all over the world. And human nature is what it is what it is everywhere in the world. So these techniques work everywhere in the world. They're not manipulative. They are their best, their best practice. It's doing what we know um, helps people to helps us to identify people who are good for us. I'll tell you a couple other things that I did because I've been helping people. I've been helping clients for decades now. And so I know what the usual pitfalls are. And one of the usual pitfalls is uh, A, only looking when you feel like looking. There's nothing I do only when I feel like doing it. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing very much ever. <laughs> and then, so, so only doing it when you feel like it. Nope. Number two, giving the wrong people too many chances. Big issue. Um, you can't get with the right one if you're, you know, all in with the wrong one. It's not going to happen. And then number three, um, knowing who to say yes to and knowing the exact steps to take so that our relationship got off to a great start where we were both really clear about where we were. But yeah, we got engaged a couple weeks ago. We'd been together for 14 months when he proposed. And uh, I am currently at his place packing him up. I was just packing him up before this. I'm going to be packing him up after this. And he's moving in with me in nine days. And we're not going to be parted any longer. We've been living two hours apart for this whole thing. And now we're not. So I'm very happy about that. So exciting. I love it. By the way, did I mention he's gorgeous? He's gorgeous. I've seen him. He's definitely cute. <laughs> Y'all look look at you go. And you even reeled him into your own place too. <laughs> On top of that. <laughs> really quick, I want to introduce the three of you before we get started, because I know y'all have a lot of questions for Joanna. So uh, Anna, you were just talking. So if you'll introduce yourself and tell us where you are on your dating journey. So I'm Anna. I'm still, I'm still fishing and <laughs> fishing for a very long time, but you know, um, Dwana, I read your book twice and I've read your previous books as well. So, um, like I said, in our chat prior to this, I, I had sworn off the dating websites. And when I read through your book after the first time, um, this latest one, um, trying it out again. And I went with match as you had uh, recommended. So we'll see where we'll see where that goes. <laughs> awesome. And Sherry, please share us share with us where you are in your dating journey. 
do we, do we really want to talk about that journey? Uh, <laughs> Whatever you want to share. Yeah. Um, so I have been single for seven years. I am older than what I look. So I attract more of the younger generation, which I'm not interested in. So that's been one of those um, things to, to fight. Um, I have guys, my son's age hitting on me and it's very uncomfortable for me. Um, I have been on a lot of different dating sites. I seem to run into these same people on these different dating sites. I swore them off for a while and then started entertaining some of the, the stupid messages I would get and actually had a TikTok following based on making fun of these and telling people how they should and should not be approaching people. These are things that you would not walk up to somebody on the sidewalk and say to them in person because you'd get punched in the face for it. <clears throat> so I ended up being like the relationship guru for all of my girlfriends. They come to me with questions now. So I, I kind of wear that hat, which is okay sometimes. Um, and I've started up now two singles groups on Facebook. Um, basically more of a friends group than a dating type of group, getting people out, um, enjoying commonalities um, and doing things that they like together. And it seems to um, put things at ease for people. I mean, when you start going out on dating sites or you start going out when they have like these big group get togethers, it's really uncomfortable. And so to be able to go out and go bowling or go to the movies or do that kind of stuff, it puts people at a better place. So when I read the book, I was, I finished it in two days. Um, I posted about it on my Facebook, six of my girlfriends are reading it. And so we're all talking about it. I'm the Guinea pig starting this. So I am back out there in the dating world. I've been casually kind of seeing somebody for a couple of months. So I've started applying everything in the book towards that relationship um, and figured out that we did a couple of things backwards. So that's been interesting. Um, the other thing that I enjoyed about chapter two was the list I had when I got divorced, made a list of what I would never tolerate again and what I was looking for. And so reading about that list, I had to go back through all of my files and find it and just start building on it again. So I'm I feel like I'm starting over again. I'm trying to have a, a fresher approach to dating and not be so biased against it now. So since you're talking about the list, Dwayna, can you explain the list to our listeners so they know what Sherry's talking about? Sure. You know, you're not going to get to your destination if you don't know what your destination is. Nobody would go on vacation and just head out in a direction and hope they wind up someplace amazing. So this is your roadmap to the partner that you need in your life and it's it's a set of iterative steps but basically it's a list where ultimately you wind up with a list of everything you absolutely have to have and your partner has to have a hundred percent of that there's it's not like oh pass fail the pass is they have all of them and then you have things that you would like to have where maybe you could compromise you know maybe you'd like your partner to be six four but your partner has to be kind and respectful no matter what kind of day they've had so <clears throat> not everything is weighted exactly the same is what I'm saying. And a lot of people are afraid to, they're afraid of a couple things in my experience. And number one, they're afraid to put anything on the want part of the list. They want to put everything in the must-haves because they think if I put it in the want section, then the universe won't give it to me. A, the universe does not operate that way. Otherwise, nobody would have cancer ever. Everybody would be thin and look super attractive. That's not how life works. So um, the, the reason I have people put things on must-have is so they will not compromise on the things that they must not compromise on. Because what people do is they feel like, and this is big mistake number two, they don't really deserve 
the high standards that they're asking for on their list. And so they find somebody who meets a lot of their standards and then they just turn a big blind eye to the deal breakers that are right in front of them. People are always telling us who they are. And it is our job to listen and it is our job to adhere unswervingly to what we have to have. You cannot get what you want if you will not deny people access to you who don't have that. So the second big mistake that I see people making is spending way too much time kissing the wrong frogs because they think, oh, this is, you know, the, the pond only has these 10 icky frogs and this one's the least icky without really understanding, A, if you choose somebody who's fundamentally incompatible, you're going to be unhappy. Why don't you just have a great life without a partner if that's the choice? And I have no problem with people making that decision. But if you want a partner, I'm, I'm pretty set on you getting a partner who's really good for you. And the good news is, B, you can do it. This isn't the impossible dream. I'm 53 years old. I've cut all my hair off. Um, which I did during pandemic. Um, and it looks adorable, not, by the way. Thank I you. love it. Thanks. I've been cutting it myself the whole time. I color it myself. You know, I'm, I don't wear very much makeup. I'm, I'm not, no fingernails. Um, I'm not a fancy girl. I'm not the woman that people turn their head to look at when I walk down the street. You don't have to be young. You don't have to be you know, the exact size that people say that you have to be, you don't have to, whatever it is you think you have to do, what you really have to do is know what your standards are and adhere to them unswervingly. This is what you have to do. And, um, and be kind and respectful that that's, and insist on somebody else who is too. I meet a lot of women who think, well, women are awesome, decent people, but asking for kindness and respect from a man, they're just not like that. It's not true. And by the way, I work with a lot of men who think the same thing about men and they think women have a, an evil streak a mile wide because that's their experience. <clears throat> Part of this is check your biases at the door and just do what's in the book. Just do what I teach people to do. If I'm wrong, you can write me hate mail later or leave a terrible review of my book. But you know what? I'm not wrong. This, and, and the reason I know I'm not wrong is because it's not just my opinion. This is based on multicultural, multi-ethnic research across decades, not just right now. And it is what works because just like birds have a, a mating ritual, we have one. And when you, you know, let the scales fall from your eyes and see what it is and see how your history maybe has been getting in the way or cultural messaging maybe has been getting in the way. <laughs> Excuse me. I just had my second bout of COVID. So I'm sorry. I'm kind of gross. Um, I know. And I've been vaccinated three times, but you know what? Didn't end up in the hospital. So there's that. Exactly. You are strong. Well, yes, my, my antibodies were able to keep it from killing me. So I'm grateful for that. Um, one of the things about your list is after you construct this list, I want you to go back through and put a check mark next to everything that describes you yourself. And the reason I want that is if you're describing what you offer, that's fair. I'm going to give it an a personal example because I have permission to share all my own examples and I don't have permission to share all of everybody else's examples. So <clears throat> I don't drink. 
I can't even tell you why I don't drink. I just don't. It's not that I ever got drunk or had a problem with alcohol or an AA. None of that's true. I just don't drink. But the thing is, I've been divorced from two alcoholics now. So you know what I needed to do? I needed to have a standard that whoever I chose was going to be somebody who didn't drink and they didn't drink for the same reason that I don't drink. But you don't know why you don't drink. Well, it's just not appealing to me. Like, I can't tell you why it's not appealing to me, but it's completely not appealing to me. If you give me a glass of wine, I will take one polite sip and then it will just sit there. I have no interest in it. So, yeah, so you needed someone with no interest, not somebody who struggled with it. And, and that's why they didn't drink, because then you could have the possibility of having that pattern reemerge. Right. And since I don't drink and since nobody in my family does, you know, they all for the same kind of non reason, it's not that they're resisting it. It's just not appealing to them either. Because I had never been really around people who drink heavily, I didn't know what normal drinking was. And I didn't know how hard it is for people to to kick this kind of addiction. And I didn't see what was in front of me. So I just finally said to myself, Duena, for you, you need to have this as one of your must-have standards. Somebody who drinks very seldom, maybe five drinks a year kind of thing, because what you've been doing is giving a pass to behavior that looks normal to you that isn't really. And um, because you don't know what normal looks like for other people, it's different issues. I've worked with people where the issue is they don't know what kind of respectful behavior looks like. They weren't raised around kind of respectful behavior. They've been abused in their former relationships. And so we have to really work on what does that look like? How do you know when you're in the presence of kindness and respect? How do you know what to tolerate on a first date? If the guy asks you, you know, to meet him halfway, should you do it? And if you don't want to do it, how do you express yourself around that? And these are kind of nitty gritty nuts and bolts questions that um, are really not that hard to address in the real world. The, the, the difficult thing for most people is the mental flaws, changing the way they think and telling themselves, yes, I offer it, therefore I can have it. I agree. And Brandy, I'm Brandy. introduce yes, yourself. Brandy. Yes. Um, I've, I've been single for almost three years, um, divorced after a 20 year marriage. And um, Tara met me right at the time where I was newly become became single through a mutual friend. And I've been on the show now for several times. And I'm kind of just as shocked as anybody else would be on this journey. <laughs> How my dating life has been. I actually agree with almost everything in the book. Um, I was thinking, yes, this is obviously I'm pretty strict. I have a very um, detailed list. <laughs> There's certain things that I know that I'm going to like, and I know I'm not. I, I, so I look for those. I'm not going to say, oh, I have said that because everyone's like, you're, you're too stingy. Um, I make them take a personality test. I refuse to go out on any dates unless I know we're going to click and gel and have at least a good time. I don't mind partying as friends and making a new friend, but I, I want to make sure that we don't have any negativity on this date. I, Cause if I'm going to waste that amount of time, I better enjoy myself. Um, so that's kind of my look at it. And um, I've found a couple of nice, I've actually met a ton of nice guys. I'm just not interested in them. So apparently I still like a challenge. <laughs> what does that say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What kind of challenge are you wanting, Brandy, do you think? Um, I mean, you know, I'm not stupid. I, I think if you keep selecting the unattainable men, uh, emotionally unavailable, you know that they're not, um, it's going to be a challenge or a struggle. You're not, I'm not 
ready for probably a relationship at this point, whether I want to admit to that to myself or not. Um, Cause I always, that's my goal. That's definitely my end goal. Um, but I'm learning, I'm kind of, you know, learning how, what's this new relationship going to look like? What are not just the man that I want, but how are we going to have a relationship? Are we really going to have separate bedrooms and bathrooms? Is that a possibility? And she actually brought up a good one. I was anti-marriage. I'm like, there's no reason for us to ever get married. There's we're middle-aged. I don't want any children. Um, but then she made some very good financial <laughs> points and benefits. And so I was like, yeah, I mean, that's well, if I were to do something, intermingle my life with somebody that much, I would get some kind of legality papers drawn up or something. Um, but yeah, so I, I was very much enlightened about the benefits of marriage and why that's the ultimate goal, because it is. In fact, I've seen people that have lived together for years and they finally get married and it doesn't work out. Brad and Angelina, perfect. <laughs> they, they break up. So um, it, there's just a difference. It's weird kind of to go into all of that, but there's definitely a difference when you make the commitment of marriage. Will you speak to those benefits, Duena? Sure. The, the, and I want to talk about some a couple really intriguing specific things that Brandy brought up as well. Mm -hmm. uh, the benefits of of marriage are very well documented across decades um, here in the United States as well as in many other countries and cultures. And effectively, there's such a benefit that Tom Tom W. Smith, who used to be the um, the leader for the entire National Institutes of Health in Bethsaida, Maryland. Uh, I'm going to paraphrase what he said. He said, if there were a product that would give you more sex, better sex, um, greater happiness, a third happier, not just with your relationship, but in your life as a whole, that would help your children to thrive, that would give you more financial security, that would give you more money and let you do the job that you want to do, not the job you have to do, that would compress the amount of time toward the end of your life that you are sick and that would let you live longer. If you had that product, you'd be a billionaire overnight, but you don't need to have that product. You don't need to invent it. It exists and it's called marriage. I like that. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. So I'm a huge proponent of marriage, but I was talking to somebody just the other day who said that, who's very, very happily married, and I was talking to him and his wife, not for any professional reason, but they knew what I did professionally. And they, they're young people, and they said, you know, my generation, our generation doesn't believe in marriage, and then the husband said, um, I've lost friends because I married my wife. His, his wow. friends were so opposed to marriage. They, and, and I said, you know, you can kill somebody with a broom, but that's not what it's for. 
People hurt each other with marriage, but that's not what it's for. The benefits that I just listed in marriage are real and it's the normal thing. Nobody says, you know what? Some people use sex for rape, so I'm never having sex again. Well, some people use marriage for abuse, but that's not the fault of marriage. It's because that guy was an asshole. Don't blame the whole institution because there's an asshole or, or many out there. There are, but you know, if you, if you learn to do this right, they don't get a shot at you. Not for very long. So one of the things that, that uh, Brandy said that I found really intriguing was I've met a lot of guy, nice guys and I'm not attracted to them. That's probably not coincidental. Um, normally, it's funny because, of course, I, I work with a lot of single people. That's, I do work with some couples, but kind of my, the major part of my practice, my coaching practice around the world is with people who are at any stage of dating up until the decision to commit. Sometimes clients stay with me on and off to the point where they want me to help them set up their relationship dynamics so that their marriage succeeds. And my goal when I meet people on those terms is that they never need marriage counseling. My goal is to get them on the right Thanks, footing. Thanks, I mean, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm attempting to put you out of business. <laughs> Good. I would, I would like less people to need marriage counseling, right? Yeah. I mean, but I'm here for them if they do. You can shift to a different category there. Right. So one of the things that I see a lot is women who say that they keep meeting nice guys that they're not attracted to. And they don't get it that the reason they're not attracted to the guys is that they're nice guys. Well, no, it's not their night. They don't challenge me. I don't feel the intellect. I mean, I could go in d- deep to it. The problem is I'm very attracted to guys that are just not into me. <laughs> so they're, or they're into me. And then we, we try something. And <laughs> Sherry's just nodding her head here too. Yeah. And per, I've, I am finding a lot with the guys. It's about the chase. And um, you've definitely hit on that several times in there. And I have a very hard time because I'm aggressive. And if I want something, I go after it and I'm aggressive. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. And the moment I do that and I say, yes, let's do this. Then they're like, oh, history. The chase is over. Um, it's easy. And they get everything of me. And and so they're, they hit the road. Um, but I don't feel like I want to play games with that. You're going to have to live with me. I'm not changing. This is who I am. So I need a guy that that doesn't make runaway. So you've got a good point there. I don't want you to be different than how you are. I just want you to not do the man's job. That's all. You can be as aggressive as you want to be, but he needs to call you. You can be as aggressive as you want to be. He needs to pay for the date. You you can be as aggressive as you want to be. You need to hold off on sex until he is in love with you. You can do, you can, and you don't have to take my advice, but my advice, but not doing it results in some pretty predictable outcomes. So I I mean, I have three degrees and one of them is a PhD. I own my own business, which I started. I was the first person in the world doing it. I am not a shrinking violent. (laughs) <laughs> and no, I mean, it's, it's I ultimately started doing this guys. because this is what works but yeah. there's a way to do it where you get to be yourself the whole time which is I don't I don't actually advocate being um mysterious and I don't advocate being um deceitful I advocate if I told you how digestion worked. And you'd never heard about this before. And we were eating a meal. You might be slightly grossed out, but the food still tastes good. If you tell a man, this is what I'm doing and here's why I'm doing it. Players are going to leave, but you know what? Men who really want a relationship are going to be like, sure, that works for me. 
So well, that's my point. Out. Yeah. Is if I click with somebody, they're going to click with me no matter what. And if they start to see things they don't like, so I, I can get into relationships. Obviously we just, I haven't made it past the, Oh, I have gone past the three month mark, but that doesn't count. <laughs> so um, typically when I'm really like, all right, this has potential to be a relationship. We don't, we don't make it very far. Um, and statistically, I know if you can make it to three months, the odds of you making it to three years, you ought to got it. So I can't get past that three months because if you don't know somebody at that point, I believe in what you say, nobody can fake it that long. Um, so we're just at the point where we're together and they don't like me. I don't, they actually call it first. And when I see what they're talking about, I'm like, yeah, we, we're not a match in this thing. And I'm, again, I'm not going to change, but I do see a lot of guys that chase, chase, chase. They're in their head with a fantasy of who I am or, or whatnot. And then once they see me, then they're like, oh God, that's who you are. No. And it appears like, all right, the moment I give in and I show you who I am and I'm myself, that's when you take a hike. So my guess is based on a lot of things you've said and based on just years and years of doing this, that you might have a slightly anxious attachment style, but the men yes. you're winding up with have a very avoidant attachment style. Yes. And so one of the biggest things that most people who aren't secure, and I put myself in that category, um, most of us who aren't secure, the number one thing we could do for ourselves that would be a big favor is to learn what secure looks like and stop dating mm -hmm. anyone who isn't secure. Right. Anyone who isn't secure. And I will tell you right now, anxious women perceive secure men to be boring. These are the nice guys that mm -hmm. I'm not attracted to which yep. is why I said what I said, and I'm sticking by it no matter what you say, <laughs> because I've had so much experience. You do know yourself better yeah. than I do. I'm not going to say yeah. you don't, but I'm also going to say, what are the odds that you keep meeting all these nice guys who none of no, them? No, I, I admitted it. I'm seeking guys <laughs> that I know are not from relationship because I'm, I'm clearly not quite ready to um, settle down. Or you are ready, but these men need more of a chance with you. You know, I, uh, for years and years, women would tell me various reasons why the nice guys, that they weren't pairing up with them. And a common reason, which you have not said, um, and I don't mean to put you on the spot. I want to talk about this issue gener generally. A very common general reason is, you know, I'm just not attracted to him. And a lot of times women would base it on height that was a, a really common thing. And so then I met Carrie. And I'm going to show you what he looks like. Um. Here, let me see if I can get this up here and you can actually see him. Can you see him? Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's not like, you know, the clearest picture in the world, but seriously, women walk up to him and ask him if he's been in the Olympics. He is a good looking man and he's six foot four and he's very secure. And when I first met him, I said to him, I will bet because, you know, people also say, oh, I'm afraid to go online. What if people recognize me? Once a man had my name, he, he could find that I'd written seven books and see all these pictures and listen to 72 hours of podcasts. Like, I get it, but we got to move on. So um, he knew what I did. And I said, I will bet that you've been told that women just want to be your friend. And he said, yeah, all the time. 
he is everything women say they want, but the thing is he's secure. And most of the people on the dating scene, once you're past, I'm going to guess about your mid thirties. I don't, I'm guessing it's an educated guess, but I'm guessing because we don't have studies on this for sure, for sure. What we know is people who tend to cycle back in and out of dating are usually not secure. So even though technically two thirds of the people out there are secure, a lot of them partner pretty young and stay partnered. So when you're out there on the dating scene, most of them aren't secure. So you're really looking for someone who, while not exactly rare, is not exactly common either. And so um, knowing what you're looking for and giving those men every chance is really a huge help. And he told me he would, he'd have what he thought was a really first, good first date with somebody. And he would get a text that said, I'm feeling more of a friend vibe. Yeah. And he's got everything women say they're looking for. But so here are my, my rules of, of thumb. Well, you don't have that many thumbs, so I don't anyway. Um, of when you give somebody more of a chance. Mm -hmm. Okay. If they're not physically repulsive to you, notice I didn't <laughs> say you're attracted to them. Attraction can grow. That can grow. If you're not physically repulsed, look, if there's somebody who's repulsive, I've never seen that turn around, but I've known a lot of women who fell in love with somebody they weren't initially attracted to. Yes. So. I believe that, um, I, but I know I don't later on, I'm either attracted to you or I see somewhat potential from the moment I meet them. I, I'm, I've had a lot of people say, oh, we'll get to know and be friends. And that's how they, and I said, I, I'm not that kind of person. I've had a very successful, well, not successful, it ended after 20 years, but, um, I want that again. I mean, that, that dynamic worked really well. There was things that be, were beyond my control, you know, why it didn't work out, but I was very pleased with my husband was a good guy. He was a nice guy. He just also happened to be really good looking. <laughs> and I looked out and he was such a good guy. And at that point, I always say girls like the bad boys, women like nice guys. I mean, we're grown up. We've, we've experienced the bad boys. We're not into that anymore. We want the, a good guy, but I do want him to be attracted to. <laughs> I mean, to I'm me, not saying you have to be with somebody unattractive, but I am telling you expecting instant chemistry is a huge pitfall. It's a huge pitfall. Most women, first of all, don't experience instant chemistry almost ever. And the men that they do experience it with are universally appealing. And one of the top predictors of whether a man's going to step out on you is, is he universally appealing? So I, I would I'm say my husband, I knew he would mm -hmm. never cheat. He's a good guy. He would never, ever cheat on me. He's very good. And actually when people are like, oh yeah, he's good looking. No girls. He said he was a school teacher. It wasn't hot or sexy job. He felt, he felt insecure because he wasn't this awesome stud that he thought he should be. Um, when I thought he was, he was, I mean, we, we were very much equals. Like you say, you've got to have a lot in common. We were both kind of um, sevens or eights or, or whatever, but not the best looking people. We were just were very, we fit perfect. Everything was perfect. And again, I'm not settling until I know what a good relationship in is love. And we knew pretty darn quick within a couple of weeks, we were engaged after three months and lasted, you know, for two decades. So I have no regrets. That's what I'm looking for again. I don't believe there's one person in your, you know, one soulmate. There's other people that you are, um, you know, you can definitely get along with and make successful relationships if you both are willing to commit to that. But it isn't as easy as, okay, I met one and then <laughs> I've met several and you don't know who you're meeting until you really meet them. So 
you got very, very lucky. Sometimes you do have to kiss a lot of frogs or at least meet people. Um, and I filter the crap out of them. Like I said, I know we're going to have a good time. I don't always know if it's going to be a love connection because again, I'm keeping my options open. I don't want to already grade him and say, mm, it's never going to happen. I just know I'm not interested in him. I'm going to give it a shot. Okay. At least I know we'll be friends or we'll get along. So I'm glad you have a good roadmap in your 20 year marriage. And by the way, I, I frequently quote the, um, anthropologist Margaret Mead, who was married three times. She was asked about her three failed marriages and she looked dead in the eyes of this guy and said, I've been married three times and not one of them was a failure. Yeah, I, Just because I don't something doesn't it. last your yeah. whole life doesn't mean it was right. a failure. And yeah. so I'm glad you had, you know, many wonderful years. That's something to look for again. Um, but in general, keep in mind, science doesn't say exactly what's happening in your life, but it's excellent to say what's happening to most people most of the time. Yeah. And I promise you earlier in my life, what seems like luck with Carrie would never have happened. Right. And here's why. I felt a more immediate connection with somebody else that I met at that same time. I met him like second day I was on the interwebs. Okay. And what I didn't do was allow myself to be with someone who hooks into my emotional history and is not good for me. Right. A lot of the people who feel like home to a lot of people are not home one such great place. Right. A yeah. lot of times when we feel uh, an instant bond with somebody, it's because we have um, too much trauma in common with them. And I saw that about this guy and I just said no. Wow. And, um, how did you see in the that? past? So I would have just said yes. How did you know that about yourself, Duana? Like what, what was the feeling that told you that this was the case? You know, like you spoke to that feeling of familiarity and that's part of that re us trying to, um, to, um, I can't, I talk today. I was trying to redo the patterns that we had, you know, as, as children mm -hmm. in a traumatic situation or family of origin issues. And so it feels familiar. Did you get that feeling like, Ooh, I'm drawn to this. And so maybe that's not good. Or like, oh, how yeah. did you know? No, I didn't automatically assume it wasn't good, mm. but I knew that I needed to look closely. So and basically I had as my top criterion, he has to be kind of respectful, no matter who's speaking to dealing with, whether they heard him in the past, about his ex, no matter what kind of day he's had. Rule number one. Rule number two, he must have a secure attachment style. This guy didn't. And I've How learned so much about it. How did you know, Duana? How did well, you know? Because I've, I've learned a lot about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I've made it my business Tell us to know so that, what that looks like. Yeah. So he needed too much approval from me too quickly. He was giving me, um, he was saying things that were more intimate than, than our actual level of knowing each other should imply. He was trying to further the relationship too fast. Mm. Um, and yeah. so all the things that seem exciting at first, right? But they they are they tend to oh, not warning. really yeah. be healthy. They're they're red flags, but they feel exciting because it's what we see in the movies. Yeah. Carrie, he called me every day in our whole relationship since the day we met. There's been one day that we didn't speak ever. Yeah. He called me every day, but getting to know him was like how secure people act. It was like the layers of an onion. He told me true things about himself, but it was the outside layer of the onion at first. Mm -hmm. And then after a few hours of talking, we were closer 
but not all the way into the middle. And, you know, I would ask him what happened with your ex and he would give a very surface answer. And then a few weeks later, it would be an answer that was more core. And a few weeks later, it would be an answer that was even more core. None of these things were incompatible with, he never lied, but he did not tell me absolutely everything. When somebody tells you everything right away, they are not secure. They are not. This guy that I'm talking about that I didn't wind up going out with, I can remember details of things that happened in his family of origin that I shouldn't have known for half a year. Mm -hmm. And I knew them right away. So going back to my earlier point, um, the three times you keep seeing someone, if he's not physically repulsive to you, asking for instant attraction is a pitfall. I don't care what anybody else says about it. Oh, I'll go out with somebody physical. Yeah. No, I want to be attracted. If I'm not, if they're, you're right. If they're not repulsive, if he can, you know, go with me conversation wise, mind to mind, that's very important to me for sure. Yeah. Cause the other thing can grow and your gut, this is the other thing. Your gut will tell you whether your attraction is growing or going the other direction. It doesn't take very long. So it's, and I don't want you to be seeing just this one guy during that time. I wasn't just seeing Carrie. I wasn't doing that. And I didn't know, actually, he is empirically really good looking. And I didn't feel attracted to him right away. That was not instant for me because for a lot of women, it's not. So, so you're not physically repulsed by him. Number two, he doesn't have any deal breakers that you can discern so far. So you've got your list. You're ascertaining to the extent that you have con- have had conversations, looked at his profile, listened to him. He doesn't have any deal breakers at all. And then number three is you actually like the guy. Like, I don't mean like, ooh, I like you. I mean, he's a good human. He's yeah. one of these nice guys. I, I'm going to put in my marriage vows that I want to thank every woman who stepped over the diamond that I'm marrying because they confused him with a lump of coal. Because he is a diamond. And I promise you that ev- almost every woman that I meet from here on out is going to say, does he have a brother? And many of these same women would never have given him a second date because they didn't know what they were looking at. So part of this is self-educating. I want to read you a text well, I message think, like, you that I got yesterday from a client of mine who for a long time would not go out with men who were good for her. And she sent me a text message that said... It was a picture of the two of them looking adorable. He checks off every box on my list. I've asked every hard question of concern. I made full disclosures. I'm over the height thing. Looks like you're on to something. And I said, I love this. Thank you for the update. I think y'all look great together. She said, this is the guy I said I was not attracted to. You told me to keep seeing him as long as he didn't repulse me, but I had already kicked him to the curb. So when he reached out again, I followed your advice and said yes, and the attraction sure did grow. Thank you. Give it a chance. I have many, many former clients who are happily married now. That's the only thing they really needed to change. There are lots of good men. They need to be given a a shot. Yeah, I can speak to that as well, Duena, because... 
with with Jeff, he and I were friends for a long time, circumstantially. He was dating someone. I was dating someone. We were friends. It, it was not even a thought. And I, I wasn't attracted to him at first. And I told him one time, you're empirically attractive, you know, because I was thinking of I was sort of date, dating coach, date coaching him, like helping him date because I was in a relationship. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't find him exciting because I had been in a history of abusive relationships with a lot of that chemistry and excitement and drama and all of that. And so I did find, you know, hanging out with him was really chill and uh, laid back, but it wasn't very exciting. Uh, but uh, when I recognized that we did I did start to ha- develop feelings for him and we were both free. I, I gave it some time and, and uh, he just kept showing up, you know, he was just there. He's like, Oh, you're going grocery shopping. Can I go with you? And I was like, okay, I guess, you know, and, and he just came along and, and uh, after a while it just, you know, I, I fell in love with him. <laughs> and y'all are there. a great team. You're a great team. And you know, you allowed yourself to be loved. Yes, that is the, that's the key, is I allowed myself to be loved. I did not need to take care of him in any way. And that was different from every other relationship I'd been in. Something you said that really stands out to me is that you had been in relationships with drama. One of the reasons that secure men get overlooked is they, they don't have any drama. There's no drama with these men. And so I'm going to give you the four C's. You know how they talk about the four C's of a diamond? Mm-hmm. Okay, these are the diamond guys, four C's. Mm-hmm. Clear, close, consistent, yes. and um, calm. Mm-hmm. Calm, clear, close, consistent. These are the four C's. And what I mean by each one of these, these are um, empirical truths about secure people. They're calm. And, and see, those of us who have a history of insecurity, whether that's because we're avoiding or whether it's because we have an anxious style or a combination of the two. We confuse calm with boring. These people don't hook us. We don't feel instantly connected to them. And because mm-hmm. of that, we usually don't give them a chance. So if you're around somebody and you feel calm, I want you to think, huh, no deal breakers. Mm. does not physically repulse me. And look, this is a likable person who's calm. I'm going to keep going out with them until my gut tips firmly in one direction or the other. So calm, clear. They communicate very clearly. These are the people who, if you do something that they don't like, they'll say, um, you know, I, first of all, they won't tell you a ton of things they don't like because they also are very non-critical. They're not critical of people. Secure people aren't. So, but if, if, if for example, you know, we live in a texting world and let's say there's, there's a guy cause, cause I have known people like this who were secure, who weren't my clients cause secure people almost never are. Mm-hmm. Um, who say things like, uh, you know, I met somebody and she just wanted to text. And I said, you know, that, that bothers me because I can't get to know anybody really well texting. I'm, I, I need a phone call. And then she said, no, I just want to text. And I said, well, then we're just not going to be talking. That's a secure person. He didn't say you're a horrible human being. He didn't make a lot of drama. He just, he's got his standards. He tells you what they are. There's no mystery here. And, you know, you, you can meet the standard or not. But 
he's going to show self-respect and very low drama by indicating what he has to have. And by very clearly saying, you know, how, how you, what makes him feel loved. Remember very early on in my relationship with Carrie, who's given me permission to say pretty much anything I want, which is awesome. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I asked him, you know, what are three things that would really make you feel good about in a relationship three ways that somebody could treat you where you would just feel like wow I feel really good about that and right he was able to just rattle them off and he goes when these things happen I feel loved it's like wow that was clear mm, that's a great question Brandy you should put clear. that on your list of personality tests answer this question <laughs> Uh, I, but I really like the the screening of are you securely attached I think that that Duena is is a really important thing that you're bringing up. Um, What's as, foundational, you know, right? I mean, because there are all these other like there's quite all these other questions that we can ask and everything, um, but it, somebody can answer them correctly because they know what to say. But if they're not securely attached, I mean, it's not saying you can't date anyone who isn't securely attached, and you know, just kick everybody to the curb. But I I think that you have a much you have a much better chance of having a healthy relationship if, if you enter both of it, if you both, and if you can both enter securely attached or, or enter it into it with someone who's securely attached, and then you can become securely attached in the relationship. Look, the happiest relationships are forged between two securely attached individuals followed by one securely attached and one who's not. If you aren't securely attached, that doesn't mean you're a bad person, but it does mean non-secure people are not a good match for you. Period. Yeah. Attachment style is foundational. What I mean when I say that is it colors every interaction that you have with someone. All of them. So secure people are very easy to get along with. And that's going to grease the slides for everything you do in the relationship. So they're, they're calm and they're clear. They're consistent. If a secure person does things three days in a row, they're going to do that same thing the fourth day. And, you know, uh, to Brandy's point earlier, you know, when we're young, a lot of women or girls like the bad boy. And as we get older, we realize, you know what? Surprise is another word for anxiety. <laughs> a lot of a lot of behavior that is is consistent really soothes people who their uh, attachment system is easily triggered. A lot of us who are single at this point in our lives, our attachment systems are easily triggered. We've had a hard history 
with our relationships. I put myself in that category as well. I'm not trying to say I'm better than anyone else. But I did know that I needed someone whose history had been easier than mine. I knew that I needed that. And you know what? It didn't hook me right away. For a while, it felt like a good friendship with someone I was gradually becoming attracted to. You know, I eat green vegetables because they're good for me, too. And eventually, I learned to like them. And I'm not saying it was that big a chore with Carrie. He's a marvelous person, and it's hard for me to ever remember a time that I didn't want my hands all over him now. But that I do, I kept a journal, so I know that that wasn't my original, right off the bat, reaction. I know it wasn't. And um, that's, a, by the way, something that will really help. If you keep a journal through your whole process, because you're not going to be getting to know just one person at a time, hopefully. And um, the human brain is geared to, to think that how it feels now is the way it has always felt and the way it will always feel. So if you've got a journal, you've got something objective where you can look back and see if the way you're feeling now really was how you were feeling. And you can make sure, you can also see patterns of, you know, is, this bothers me. Am I going to see that again? Probably so. Is it a deal breaker? If it is, cut loose. Yeah. So um, the, that's the third C is consistency. And then the fourth C, and this one's the most important of all, close. You know those relationships you have where like there's the Vulcan mind build and you know everything about each other right away and the sex is amazing and he treats you super great and then like somewhere between 30 and 90 days in, suddenly it's just like he said it and forget it. All of a sudden, he's not doing the things. Secure people don't do that. They treat you according, they treat you well always, but they treat you with more love and consideration the longer they know you. They do not pull you in when they don't even know you yet, which I call mini marriages. They don't pull you in close and then kind of let you dangle. They never do that. They bring you closer and closer, and the closer they get to you, the closer they get to you. Every step is a step toward even further closeness. I'm closer to my fiancé now than I was the day before we got engaged. It just, you just, it's a very, it's a slow progression toward making this complete union with another person. And that's very hard if you're not secure. You know, I, I have an anxious attachment style. It's secure with Carrie. But for reasons I go into in the book, it was secure growing up and then it wasn't for a long time. Um, it is difficult to, uh, if you're anxious, you're, you're, you feel this, this need to have lots of validation right away that this person is going to choose you. And that's one reason avoidant men are so appealing is they give you that validation right away but then they withhold it later. It's difficult, and I, I really hope everyone will work with a therapist during the very beginning stages or a coach at the very beginning stages because you're going to need a lot of help quite possibly. In, and I had a therapist. I, even, even I, knowing what I know, you know, one of the things I know is we need support. Mm -hmm. And so I, and I talked to my therapist every week and said, it is so difficult for me to live with knowing that this man is a right man for me. 
like Brandy said, there's not just one right man, but I know he's a right one to the extent I can assess it so far. And I know that I'm not nearly as close to him as I could get. And it makes me feel very insecure. And I was able to live with that discomfort. I think that's another reason why a lot of times the quote unquote nice guys, the secure guys, they get bypassed by the exact people who need them the most is because it is hard to live with that level of discomfort combined with he's just not exciting enough. A lot of women don't want to put the work in and it is work. It, it's hard to do. But then when you do it, you get this amazing relationship out of it as opposed to the same script of a wonderful two to three months followed by a crash. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody I didn't meet yet? <laughs> I think that's all of us. No, you met Sherry and, Sherry and Anna. Yeah. Do y'all have any questions or anything about the book, Sherry and Anna? Anything or anything you want to share? Oh, well, I was just going to validate, um, you know, something that you had said, Duana, um, with, and I kind of came to this revelation today. And then even now in the discussion is, um, there can be someone who you think is secure right off the bat because they are being so distinct about what they want and who they are, but then when you start to unravel things and I will also say like I did. So let me back up. So I was talking to someone and we, I mean, we really hit it off and we had some really great conversations and I was really excited about meeting him. And then that first meeting, um, I did exactly had you, as you had suggested, you know, you've got to start off with one of the hard, like a hard question, because what's the point of, continuing on if you're never if you're going to address it down the road and he has two daughters one of them has a lot of GI issues but he won't eat vegetables she won't eat vegetables and the other daughter will do some every once in a while but like he doesn't even present that sort of thing to them I'm a functional medicine practitioner by trade and I know the importance of that and healing And so I had asked like what he would do if I was in that role, Um, you know, would he be supportive and encouraging of me, you know, providing that sort of thing for the kids? Because I think that's essential. If they're not introduced to it, right, like they're not going to know. And then then they're adults and then they they're going to say, no, they don't want to do it or they're not used to it. They're going to end up like him. But he tries to say, you know. Um, I've tried all the vegetables and I have an aversion to vegetables. Like <laughs> there's, there's so many, I, I know that there has to be one on the planet that you can, you can deal with. But anyway, that's a whole nother story. So, you know, he kind of, um, rejected that, um, and being in support of me. So I know like I, it wouldn't be a team. Right. But then, um, something else that had stood out in uh, one of the other conversations that we had is, so he, the reason he ended up in divorce is um, his wife had, um, there was infidelity, right? So she had cheated on him. So he has, um, he's pretty skeptical, right? And so though he would seem like a secure person originally, 
where 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 I started to see it now that he's probably not is that he had said, you know, when I um, I don't know if I actually want to get married. And if I do, you know, there's going to be a prenup and, you know, my things are going to be my things. And um, I would want her to be investing in her 401k because that's all going to be, you know, that's going to be what she has, um, you know, if things didn't work out. And um, and so I'd seen that. And then he had also made a statement like, you know, I would want to have full access to all of her emails, all, you know, her phone and everything. And I'm like, it, it just kind of dawned on me today, like, he has major trust issues. You know, if you can't go into a relationship that way and understand or, you know, believe that the person, you know, is, is going to be faithful and truthful to you. Um, I don't know. It just, that was just something that, that really stood out right away. I'm like, I probably shouldn't entertain this moving forward if that's how he's feeling already or his stance already. Right? Yeah. He told you he's not secure. Mm -hmm. He told he you did. he's and, a project. How, no. <laughs> yeah. How he, how, that's a great example. He told you in multiple ways how he's not secure. He told you because he's very rigid. Mm -hmm. Secure people are not rigid. They're flexible. You know, this guy, we're going to have a, we would have to have a prenup. Dude. Um, He's planning for the demise of a relationship before he's in one. That's not secure. Mm -hmm. Secure people, again, this is foundational. They expect that life is going to work out. They expect that relationships are going to, to be good, and they behave accordingly. People who believe that do not think that they're going to need a prenup right away. You know, they... they Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Something may happen where it makes sense to have one, but they're not starting on that footing. Um, so, yeah, he told you he's not secure. A big... I will tell you the big red flag that you're with somebody who's non-secure is they tell you too much, really intensely personal information too quickly. That's, that's the big, because if, if you're getting a lot of attention, secure people give you a lot of attention. That doesn't, but so do insecure people at first. If you just go by that, you're going to get two or three months in before you figure it out. But if you look at the kinds of information they're sharing with you, does the level of of disclosure match how well you really know each other, like how long you've been talking. I don't mean how many weeks, I mean how many hours have you spent talking? Yeah. 
I mean, you can definitely spot if they're secure or not. But like you said, anxious, it doesn't mean that they're not able to have a relationship. You kind of got to know, one, going into it, that they're not secure. And is that something you can handle and you can fulfill for them? Because I don't have a problem at all if somebody, if I'm with somebody, them having my phone. I'm like, have at it. We'll share it. (laughs) You will have the same. I don't care. And that's not a, if that makes him, I know he's got issues. He's traumatized by having his wife cheat on him. That's, you know, there's a lot of stuff. I understand that. And so if he needs some assurances, I don't mind providing that where somebody else might. Well, he also made the point that, you know, I travel a lot. So automatically he was thinking, you know, there's going to be infidelity and that's why he wanted to have control over all of that. And I'm like, you obviously haven't taken enough time to get to know me because the reason why I'm still single is because I'm a hermit and uh, like I work until 11 o'clock at night. Like I'm not going to do anything. Like I'm work. I'm at my computer until 11 o'clock at night. Like it's not happening. I'm at church all the time. So um, mm. you can't trust that and understand the person that I am right off the bat. Um, or at least through these conversations and you're, you're still going to be having um, that, that judgment or that um, I don't know, thought that that I'm going to that's that's too much yeah I would say that's too much for you that's not going to (laughs) let's talk for a moment about male jealousy the number one reason women are killed everywhere in the entire world without exception there's not one exception is male jealousy Mm -hmm. partner violence Men to women is the number one cause of violent death to women between the ages of 15 and 55 everywhere in the world. Mm. It's one thing if you start out on a very secure footing and then you have an affair and he needs to see your phone all the time. It's another thing if he is generically um, jealous, which this man is, he wakes up jealous in the morning regardless of your lifestyle. If you don't know a man yet and he is already giving you indicators that he doesn't trust you because you might have another relationship, he is probably dangerous. Mm. Don't see him again. I'm glad you're not going to. Mm -hmm. I can tell you're not, so I'm glad you're not. Yeah, I think that's a really important point, too, because I think a lot of us are very understanding of, and and I fell into this when I was in an abusive relationship, this guy had had a lot of trauma as a child. And I thought, well, you know, I gave him so many chances and overlooked so many things because of his trauma and uh, a lot of, you know, ways that he was treating me very badly because I was like, well, he just doesn't know how to love and I'm going to help him love and blah, 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 all of those things <laughs> that I said, you know, and then this was in, in, in my 20s. And I think uh, a lot of people have had at least one abusive relationship, most likely in their 20s, uh, because of this idea of I can heal somebody. And it's just not our jobs to do that. You know, it's not your right. job to do that. Yep. Right. It, that's literally a job called therapy. <laughs> right. You have that job like Literally, you should be paid to do that job. Um, You can choose somebody who's not secure. You can't. I mean, that's an option that people have. But most people who work with me want a happy life. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh, So you can choose that. But if you aren't secure, you are not choosing happiness when you make that choice. Yeah. 
like you said, one of them's got to be secure then. So if I'm not. Yes. Yeah. See, I've gone from one extreme to the other because I've been married three times. I did counseling after the third marriage. My last marriage was extremely mentally and emotionally abusive. Um, So now I've gone to the extreme of any little red flag, any little red flag, I'm out. And so for me, like I will meet the nice guys, right? And I will give them a chance. And it's not that I get bored with them. I just find that eventually you're not going to give me what I need. And I'm a very, Tara, you know me, I'm a very strong personality. I'm very black and white. I don't tolerate a whole lot of stuff. Now I found out I was codependent. So I kind of fixed that a little bit. So now like, if I don't feel like you are going to, you may be kind, but if you're not going to take out the trash without being told I'm out, like if if I get any kind of vibe like that, I'm out. I also run in different circles. Um, I actually am involved in the car community and I'm president of a car club. So I'm running in a male dominated area. And so a lot of that, uh, I'm meeting guys with attitudes all the time. I'm starting to find now that some of these guys, some of them are appealing to me because they are kind of that alpha and that kind of headstrong like me but then I still see the red flags in them and run away. So you're looking for strong and kind. Yeah. And it's hard to find. Mm-hmm. It's real. I'm with you. Yeah. It's very hard to find. I, I want to, the, you know, the, the relationship was with a lot of men, I'm very dominant. They, for us to get along <laughs> in a lot of things is that they, they're going to have to be not submissive, but they're more calmer. They're like, all right, you can lead, you can take charge or they're, I end up being their parent again. And, you know, after a while, no, I'm ready for an actual partner, somebody that can step up and add to my life instead of me just taking over theirs. Um, so it's got to be somebody that's not going to let me do that and give 50-50. And it is. It's very difficult to find. Well, and for me, like if I feel like you're going to take care of me and you're going to stand up and you're going to give me that security, I don't mind bowing down. Yeah. Don't. Same. But I need to, I need to get that from you. And I will be around this person for a while and be Mm -hmm. like, let's, let's try this scenario. Let's try this scenario. And if I routinely get that feeling that you're just not going to step up, I'm out. Like I get, I get bored with it. I'm out. Yeah. So one of the pitfalls in dating is, um, I'm not saying you're doing this, but something you said triggered me to think about it, um, is, Assuming that because the men you've met so far don't meet the bar that nobody will, or that maybe somebody will somewhere in the world, but nobody you're going to meet. And, you know, all of us are looking for someone who's really pretty particular. And as we go through life, um, we get more selective rather than less a lot of the time, because that's appropriate. You know, the best matches are made between equals, people who are highly similar in many ways in all the important ways, they're, they're similar. Living with somebody who is not neat will be construed by most women as being disrespectful. No woman should have to live with disrespect. Perfectly fine for you to have that standard. The problem comes when your brain starts saying, that's how they all are. Reason I'm alone is they're all like this. They're not. They're not. A big, you know, love requires bravery. Dating requires bravery. It's, it's, it's difficult. I just told my therapist yesterday, 
that because she was congratulating me. She said, you know, you've worked so hard and the relationship is so amazing now. <clears throat> At no point was Carrie not amazing. It was hard work because of where I'm coming from. And um, one of the, the things that's hard for most single people, especially at midlife and beyond, is trusting that we can be brave enough to hold out for the person who is right for us, that we're going to meet at least one of them, that we know what we're doing when we find them. Doesn't mean you don't need support. A lot of my clients, I've kind of, kind of my prototypical thing that happens is, you know, I help set them up, get ready for dating. Then they start dating. We do a lot of texting and email back and forth while they're doing that. I don't charge them for that. And then I say, as soon as you're actually starting to date somebody where you sense there's potential, the things I've taught you about good partners are there and they're good for you. I want us to be working together every week for a while. Because the first two months, there was a recent study that showed that the hardest time in a relationship, that the most fragile time in a relationship is the first two months. Part of that is because a lot of people are dead wrong for each other. But another part is there's a lot of room for misunderstanding even with the right people. And humans have a mating ritual and most of our cultural training right now is in direct opposition to it, which makes it really hard for, for men, especially to emotionally bond. So I usually see my clients pretty intensely um, when they get into that right relationship. And again, you know, the bravery I'm talking about, I don't mean that you're doing this without fear. Courage and bravery mean that you're acting in the presence of your fear. And I don't mean that there needs to be any shame about needing help. I do this for a living and I have a therapist I talk to every week. I have a feeling that won't be true for much longer because to me, the huge hurdles are front loaded because of my attachment style. Being with a secure person I'm madly in love with on the back end of this deal is not hard. I trust him now. We're engaged. We have a wedding date set. But getting to that point, really hard for non-secure folks. You know, Carrie got to he got to just have fun falling in love. What must that be like? It was just all fun for him. It wasn't any worry. And that's yeah. not the world that I live in. It's not the world that a whole lot of people live in who are out there dating once they're past their 30s. And that's okay. It just means that you have some specific challenges that there are very specific ways that you can meet those. But yeah, it, it will be scary. And you know, the ironic thing is, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. People who expect dating to be easy are the ones who bow out of dating. And, and if you don't put effort into it, you're not going to get anything out of it. The people who make a lot of progress, and this is why I emphasize that it's scary and it's difficult, not necessarily scary and difficult to find a good person, but scary and difficult to let yourself be loved and let that relationship happen and do the things that lead to bonding and building of trust with the right person instead of the same kind of person you've dated, gotten excited about, fallen in love with, broken your heart over and rejected time and time again. That's hard because it requires us doing something different, which is scary. And because life doesn't give us for sure outcomes. You know, you can go months down the road and it could turn out that this person who they might be secure, but there may be a big deal killer other than that, that you just didn't know about yet. And you could have to start over. Somebody said to me the other day on a podcast, as I do podcasts a lot, um, Marriage is hard. And I said, you know what else is hard? Being single. Mm -hmm. Life isn't easy, but it's a lot easier if we do the, the hard work on the front end of creating a bond that's worth having, that will sustain us across time. And we can sustain that other person across time and allow ourselves to be loved by somebody who's worth loving. And then life gets a lot, lot easier. And, oh, looking forward to it. I'm already doing it so much. <laughs> I'm enjoying letting myself be loved. Tara, I know you know what that feels like. Yes. It's a wonderful feeling. And <laughs> I know you know that for some of us, allowing that to happen does not come naturally. Yeah, it's kind of like, so I'm doing this holding therapy with my dog. I have a German Shepherd puppy. And so part of the work that I'm doing with her is holding her and she doesn't like to be restrained. So it takes like sometimes 45 minutes for her to stop fighting and biting me and all of this stuff for her to let me hold her so that, you know, she can get used to being touched if she has to go to the vet, if she's getting groomed, all of these things. And what she finally does and she relaxes, it's so lovely and connecting and it's like why did you need to fight all that time you know and I think that's that's for me the experience maybe also you can connect with that as well Duena of of receiving love and allowing yourself to be loved and not hustling for it and realizing you don't have to do that that's not what it's supposed to look like yeah oh and you just you just said something that reminded me another way you can tell if you're with somebody who's not secure if it feels like they're constantly vigilant to see what they need to be doing to please you at all times. Secure people do a lot of things that please you, but it's not out of this sense of almost desperation that they will not be good enough on their own to be loved. Again, I don't mean to criticize people who aren't secure. I'm one of them. But what I'm saying is, we don't need somebody else non-secure. We really need somebody who's secure. So this is how you recognize them. By the way, anxious folks often make amazing life partners for someone secure. Not for another anxious person, not for an avoidant person, but for someone secure, they make amazing partners because those of us who are anxious do scan the environment for what can I do for you today? 
So really what we need if we're anxious, um, we need to find a secure person and then we're going to need therapy so we don't lose a secure person. <laughs> so we don't run them off and we don't scare them off. A lot of times it's so that you don't leave. Because it's uncomfortable, so you, right? It's so yeah, uncomfortable. It's yes. It's just, it's, it's um, sitting in that discomfort and realizing that it's okay to receive. That I think is, if you can do that work, then that is the healing that love can bring and being with someone that a secure attachment can bring is being able to receive. Yeah. Because anxious people are afraid, oh, my partner's not going to love me. We're afraid of being abandoned. And, and so we're afraid to receive love on the, from the standpoint of you're offering it, but you're going to take it away from me. And a lot of times, because we are so attracted to avoidant people, because they seem to offer what we want up front, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think you're not going to love me. I get together with somebody who's definitely going to pull love away from me. And then it confirms what I thought about myself. Um, yeah, so... Avoidant people, it, so anxious people fear abandonment, and avoidant people fear being smothered. And that's why they pull back. Um, usually 30 to 90 days into the relationship, they pull way, way back. It feels like somebody turned off the tap, like this person was telling me everything about himself, and now uh, what happened? I can't find where to turn, the, turn it back on. And um, that's because they've realized that now you're attached and they're afraid of having to meet your needs. They're afraid they can't do it, actually. It feels smothering to them because it, they, they feel like they, they, they're not up to the task. One sign you're with somebody avoiding is, um, it, I'm saying it's a sign. I'm not saying it's always, that this is always there. It's always there that sometimes they're super close and then sometimes they pull back. That's a classic avoidant move. That will always be there. After the initial... Madly falling in love, bonding, frenzy. Mm. But especially if you notice that you're with somebody who suddenly pulls back just when things are really good, like you've just bonded really deeply, you've just had sex for the first time, or you've just gone on your first weekend trip together, and then suddenly they just disappear for a couple days, when normally you would hear from them, that, that is not secure. So let me ask you, how would a secure person deal with an avoidant person? Uh, secure people don't take it personally. So what a secure person will do, and this is nigh on near impossible for most of us anxious folks to not take this personally. Secure people will be like, oh, you need a certain amount of space. All right. They just don't take it personally. Oh, that's what you need. Okay. Okay. Have at it. Not a problem. You're just kind of let them be them and accept it. Yes. Whereas an anxious person is going to read into it that you don't really love me. Yeah. Here's something that's really common for avoidant people to do. They often feel that the words I love you need to be said very rarely and only in moments when they feel that they j just can't stop themselves from saying it. Um, secure people tend to say I love you early in the relationship and to say it very, very often. <laughs> This is my last time being separated from Carrie for most of a week and then getting back together with him. So yesterday when I drove up, he was, he always waits in the parking lot for me, which is the sweetest thing ever. And, and he's just always got the biggest smile on his face and comes over and hugs me and kisses me. And I swear normally he says he loves me three times before we get in the house. 
And that's avoidant people. They might say three times that they love their partner this year. It feels to them disingenuous to be saying it frequently. And so that's, that's one of your signs too. Yeah. And I think that the pursuer distancer, a dynamic that is the anxious person with the avoidant person is really addictive. And so it is, I think, again, going back to like understanding that that discomfort is not necessarily bad. If you are an anxious person who seeks avoidant people, and I identify with that because I uh, in yeah. the past have been with avoidant people. Uh, and then I thought, oh, their trauma and gave them all kinds of excuses for being avoided. And then on top of it, they were also abusive and jealous and like all of this fun stuff. It was very exciting. I was never bored. Right. Um, yeah. But it, I was definitely unloved, which was fine because then I didn't have to receive and didn't have to challenge myself to do that. And mm-hmm. uh, something about a secure person is that they just love you because you are you. That's something I tell my daughter all the time, because I think it's really important for all of us to know that you are lovable just for who you are. And like you were saying, a secure person, if you're avoidant, they'll just be like, okay, you need space. Or if you're anxious, they'll just be like, okay, she's, she or he is anxious and that's their thing. And all right, like if you need some reassurances, I can do that, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, if you, if, if you are a person who's for whatever reason had attachment wounds and you're anxious or avoidant, I mean, I, I think that it's also really important to see that, you could get into an addictive cycle really easily and that feels like love, but it's not. So I think yeah. that that for me was really key of realizing what that was. Yeah. Think about your past relationships. I'm not going to ask anybody to out themselves about the answers to these questions, but ask yourself these questions in your past relationships. What was the motivator most of the time for having sex? Was it, I'm deeply in love with you and I want to celebrate that. Was it, it's expected in the relationship but I don't really connect with it. Was it, I need the reassurance of my partner desiring me? What research indicates is Mm. that secure people, most of the time when they have sex, the reason they have sex is to celebrate the love that they feel for their partner. The Mm. reason that anxious people usually have sex is to be validated by their partner. And the reason that avoidant people have sex a lot of the time is to just have a physical experience that is expected but they will often do things that actively avoid the emotional connection, such as these are just a few of the things. It's not an exhaustive list. And you may be with somebody avoidant who doesn't do any of this, but they do a lot of other avoidant stuff. But I'm going to tell you some of the sexual things that avoidant people frequently do. They won't share the same blanket with you. They won't share the same bed with you. Um, They don't like to be touched or cuddled. They don't want to be touched or cuddled. They want to get up and have a shower right after sex. They don't want to make any eye contact during sex. Um, They don't want to kiss deeply. They don't want to um, cuddle afterward. These are just a few of the things. Having physical intimacy without having physical, without having emotional intimacy. So ask yourself why you've been having sex and then make sure you choose someone that the reason they're going to have sex is going to help you feel the way that you need to feel. The, the big question is not, do I love you the way I want to be loved? The big question is, do I love you the way you want to be loved? I'm, I've been writing my wedding vows. And uh, Carrie and I are going to write them together, but I went ahead and took a stab at it because I'm a writer and I'm excited and I wanted to do that. And One of the things I wrote was, I pledge to you that I will love you the way that you want to be loved. 
that's what it takes to be happy with somebody is to give them what they need. Secure people are really good at this because they don't take it personally. I would take it personally. So I pick someone secure where I don't have to take anything personally because he doesn't need distance and he doesn't need constant reassurance. He just needs to be who I, for me to be who I am and to do certain specific things that feel loving to him. That's it. Easy. I like easy. Well, thank you so much. Oh, go ahead, Anna. Go ahead, and then I'm going to wrap the show up. I I think your next book, um, I'm just throwing out some ideas, um, would be tips for anxious and avoidant people on how to um, maybe sort of um, soften their ways and just how they can maybe improve some of their ways to lead to a more successful um, relationship. Run from the avoidance the moment you know they're avoidant before you get addicted. Because once you're addicted, Tara, who you you already know who this person is. <laughs> so I'm anxious and I got involved with a um, an avoidant and good career. I don't even know why we still talk, but yeah, there's oh, an addiction. Mm-hmm. I know. Wow. Oh, I know why you still talk though. <laughs> well, I even knew I was addicted. I I couldn't understand why what this was going for dopamine is what you're doing. I know. And it is very, I've never really been addicted to anything. And I, I researched, I read everything I could. And um, I realized, well, I, yeah, how do I get over it? And I just, it, the addictions are difficult. And now I don't care that much. I don't know. I don't even know why. But yeah, I guess, yeah, there's still a little bit of that, that feeling that's still there. Though, so there's still a small addiction. Mm, another and sign I, that you're with somebody avoidant, they're friends with all their exes. No, he doesn't have any. <laughs> doesn't have any friends. He, yeah, no, he doesn't. He's a jerk. <laughs> That's another um, one. That's another red call flag. Him the a-hole. Yeah, the a-hole. Uh, yeah, Mr. Still, asshole. That's what I call avoidant. him. Yeah. Yes, so avoidant, and he doesn't like to be the touch. That's the physical intimacy. You know, if he catches himself looking in your, oh my gosh, and so it's obvious. I mean, it's so obvious that he's an avoidant. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know what. I don't even know why. Cause it's still. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, let's think about that more. <laughs> yeah. Well, and thank you. I so can ask just one oh, more question. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go. Yeah. Sorry, just real quick, because um, this will hopefully provide hope um, for those of us um, in this position. But uh, Duana, you are like the queen of statistics. Um, and so I was going to see if you know the stats about um, the success rate of people who do uh, engage in the online dating, because I have heard you know, random cases where it works out. But um, I always think that that's just like a fluke. But if you if you have some stats there, that would be wonderful. <laughs> it's not a fluke. It's quickly becoming the number one way that people meet. <clears throat> and excuse me just a second. I have a frog in my throat. There was a study in the uh, early 2000s, like I think it was 2006 to 2012, I can't remember the exact years, but um, it compared the ways that people met and correlated that with how happily married they were. So in other words, everybody in this study out of um, thousands of couples, I believe it's thousands of couples, it's been a while since I read the original study, but I did read the original study and I got to interview the scientists who did the study. And the lead scientist, actually, John Cassiopo, he was known for doing and is known for doing studies on loneliness. 
we did this study on marital satisfaction and how people met. And he found that people who had met online, keep in mind, these people are not dating. They married someone they met online. They were slightly happier than people who met any other way, through friends and family, through church, through community events, any other way. Interesting. So these unions tend to be very happy. Now, I will put a caveat on that. And the caveat is this. This was before swiping apps. Swiping apps have commoditized uh, dating to the point where people feel because there's always somebody a swipe away, that there are potentially thousands, hundreds or thousands of partners for them, and they will discard somebody over any small thing. Um, this was done back in the days when all the dating sites had a lot of information about you. And you could really look at who somebody was more in their totality than just what they looked like and three facts about them. But uh, yes, these relationships work. As you know, because you've read my book, um, I advise searching in very particular ways to use dating sites that are paid, where you can put lots of information up about yourself, where people your own age tend to congregate and of the gender that you desire tend to congregate. You're going to be left with a really small list after that, mm -hmm. but a list of places where the fishing should be pretty darn good. And, you know, of course, that's what I did as well. And um, which app did you meet Carry On? I met Carry On Match. And okay. he said something really interesting that <clears throat> goes right along with my books. Match was the only dating site that he used because all of the other ones were just pictures and a few statements. And he wanted to find somebody who expressed herself well in writing, who had a sense of humor, who um, seemed to have similar values to his. And you can't ascertain that by looking at a picture and reading three sentences. And Match lets you put a lot of information out there. So he said when he saw my ad that he was out um, taking a walk at the time. And normally... You know, all the different sites that you can be on, all of them send you, here's who's new today, and, you know, that, uh, for people's phones so that they can, you know, respond to, to that. That's how they keep their paid members paying and it's how they get, you know, people who are trying it on the free version to, oh, you can't write to her unless you're a member. And so he said that normally what he would do is if he saw a profile that intrigued him, he'd kind of bookmark it, go back later, reread it. And then sometime in the next two or three days, he would write a response. And he said he saw mine and he turned on his heel and ran home because he thought, I'm not even going to start typing this out on my phone. I'm going to my computer and writing a thorough response right now. And, um, you know, the right ad, my ad wasn't about me. The right ad should speak so clearly to the person that it's intended for that that's how they behave. That they're like, oh my gosh, this person wants me, exactly me. And I didn't put anything physical actually on it. The only thing I said was I preferred somebody who was uh, between 5'5 five five and 5'9. Five I'm 5'5. Five five. <clears throat> and he is 6'4. So didn't match that one, but that was, you know, 
all I was doing with that was saying, hey, shoddy, come on over here. You can, uh, you're not going to get rejected. Uh, yeah. You know, obviously I'm not opposed to a man being tall, dark, and handsome. That's not going to be off-putting. But, um, but other than that, yeah, he just right down the line was who I was looking for. And so I used match, um, but I'm not advocating that everyone should use match. It's going to depend on where you live who in your dem demographic is using which apps and sites. And you can succeed on apps. It's just that you have to do, the, the app's not going to do any work for you. You're going to have to do all the work. Whereas sites like Match do a lot of the heavy lifting for you because people have given a thorough answer. Mm -hmm. And if they haven't, you can freely ignore them because it gave them an opportunity to do so. Thank you so much, Duena, for your time. This was awesome and so informative. And Duena, if people are wanting to buy your book, wanting to learn more about you, et cetera, et cetera, where should they go? They can go to lovefactuallywithanf.co. Okay. And that will give them links to free chapters. And uh, then if people want to know more, there's a, a get coaching link, which actually takes you, <clears throat> excuse me, the Get Coaching link will actually take you to lovesciencemedia.com. And that will give you access to everything I've done over the last 13 years. It's a um, very large amount of appearances and blogging and writing and posting that I've done. And uh, lots and lots and lots of free stuff there. Most importantly the podcast that she has been on for Make More Love, Not War. I mean, I know that those are right at the top there. So those are at the top. <laughs> well, Just thank search you. For that podcast and you'll find it. Yeah, it's there. Because we're awesome. <laughs> thank you, you Duena. It's so good to see you again. Yeah. Um, thank you, Rebels, for being here for this. This was an awesome, unique podcast that we got to do. Um, I'm so excited that everybody could come. And thank you, listeners, for supporting Sexually Liberating Women. So Viva La Vulva. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. The fight for an idea is liberated and spreads only onto which its ability for the narrative to successfully evade the fall to the ideology of the past. When one clings to the familiarity of history, they are deciding at that moment and every moment subsequent to that that tomorrow will be no better than today. When you are not fighting with us to destroy the illegitimacy that has maintained that women must be subjugated to a life of shame for loving sex, whether it be in the manner of which each woman desires or not, is in itself the highest corruption that has ever been allowed to perpetuate for the explicit purpose to suppress women for far too long. It's time to stop this oppression here, today, before we allow our daughters to be injected directly into their hearts and souls the debilitating poison of shame. Allow me to extend my hand to you as you extend your infinite unwavering power to me. Join us in this 
fight for all women. Be part of the shameless sexual revolution by becoming a shameless rebel. Go to our website, matemorelovenotwar.com, and let us know you support the shameless sexual revolution by sending us an email. Spread the message about our mission by forwarding a link to our podcast. Together, one day, we will celebrate our victory with all the glory it deserves. But for today, we fight. Join us now. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.